Well, we are going to think about the Bible together for just a few moments this morning. Uh, We're going to turn to Matthew chapter 2, and we're going to look at the visit of the wise men. If you're following along in one of the Pew Bibles, uh, you'll find the reading on page 807 over into 808. Uh, We're not going to spend too long in the Bible this morning, just a little bit shorter than usual, uh, but we do want to consider this story uh, of the wise men visiting the Lord Jesus for just a few moments. Uh, Parents, don't be worrying about noise. Uh, Great that boys and girls are with us this morning. Uh, Great to hear that little din of the boys and girls with us. Um, No pressure here at all this morning. And uh, we'll we'll spend about 10 or 12 minutes thinking about the Bible together. So it's the visit of the wise men in Matthew's Gospel. It's page 807 of the Pew Bibles. And this is God's word to us. It says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. This famous account of the birth of Jesus is unique to Matthew. Wise men, sages or magicians from eastern lands came to Jerusalem when Jesus was still an infant in Bethlehem. They came before the ruler of Judea, King Herod, and said, where is the child who is born king of the Jews? Now, if you were to go to Buckingham Palace and meet King Charles and ask, where is the king? Where is the real king? It would alarm him because he is the person sitting on the throne. Verse 3 tells us that Herod was troubled or disturbed, as another translation has it. And this is one of the great understatements of the Bible. History tells us that Herod was unusually va- an unusually violent ruler, even by the standards of his day. He killed many members of his court and of his own family in order to maintain his iron grip on power. When he heard the report of the wise men, he consulted scholars who told him that the Messiah was prophesied to be born in Bethlehem. He told the wise men to go to Bethlehem to find the Messiah and then to send word to him that I too may come and worship him. Herod, of course, only wanted to kill him. The the wise men finally found Jesus but were warned in a dream and went, on, went home another way without telling Herod anything. The, the part that we didn't read this morning is the bit where Herod reacts in a violent rage by issuing a, a dreadful decree. You can read a bit more about that in Matthew 2, 13 to 25. 
This, this morning, though, we're going to highlight a few things that come out of the story of the wise men. We could take this passage in lots of different directions. There's a lot that we could say about the response of Herod, but we want to focus our gaze on the wise men and what happens to them and what they do. Our outline this morning is very simple. It won't take us very long either. Three, three simple words that are going to summarize this passage for us as we think about it from the perspective of the wise men. Three words, initiative, worship, and joy. And we'll leave those on the screen uh, so that you can follow along. It won't take very long this morning. Let's think about our first word, initiative. It's fascinating to see who takes the initiative, who makes the first move. Our natural inclination is to assume that it's the wise men, they see the star, they make their way to Jerusalem, but that's just a surface reading of the text. What we need to see is that it's God who, makes the, who takes the initiative. Listen again to what the wise men say in verse 2. Where is he? who has been born king of the Jews. For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. The key to understanding that God takes the initiative comes by realizing what he has done to attract the wise men's attention. They saw the star when it rose. And who is it that hung the stars in space? Who is it that formed the stars like an afterthought, like it was the easiest thing in all the world? Well, it was God, of course. And by making the star of the king rise, God was, was meeting the wise men in their own context and communicating with them in a way that they could understand. That, that, that's seen later in the story as well. In verse 9, the star moves to where the child has been born and the wise men follow. We read this story every year and think, well, the wise men sought Jesus, but it's the other way around. God sought the wise men. God took the initiative with them. And this is always the way. This is how God works in our lives. He takes the initiative. He makes the first move. He doesn't need to put new stars in the sky for us to know who he is. He has sent Jesus and he has died on the cross. And he's also given us the scriptures. He has communicated with us in our own context and in a way that we can understand. God takes the initiative with the wise men. And having done that, it leads the wise men to worship. That's our second word this morning. Once the wise men find Jesus, they spontaneously and freely worship him. They realize that all their hopes and dreams, all of their greatest longings are found in the infant that they have been led to. Just listen to verse 11. It says, And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. What's interesting about the wise men worshipping the Lord Jesus is that something like this was prophesied in the Old Testament. In Isaiah 60, we read about the future glory of Israel, and it says that nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. The king that is born in the manger draws the praise and worship of the nations. Matthew wrote his genealogy so that his Jewish friends and family members would realize that Jesus is the Messiah. And Matthew tells us about the wise men so that Gentiles, people like us, would realize that we too can worship Jesus. God takes the initiative with us and leads us and brings us to the point where we trust in him. And upon trusting in him, the next natural step for us is to worship. Initiative, worship, and then finally, joy. That's our final word this morning. Once the wise men found Jesus, they worshipped him, 
but they also give him precious offerings of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The, the offerings they give to Jesus are, are natural expressions of the overwhelming joy they experienced at finding someone worthy of their worship. The story of Christmas, the coming of Jesus, brings joy. Many of us have seen joy on little faces this morning. We've seen it in part with the boys and girls down at the front. How much more joy should we have because Jesus has come and he is Emmanuel, God with us. This famous account of the birth of Jesus and the wise men is unique to, to the book of Matthew. And this morning it has helped us to see that the Christmas story is all about God taking the initiative and sending Jesus. It's all about us worshiping the Savior who has come, and it's all about the joy that he offers and provides. It's great to be together this morning. Can I wish you a very happy Christmas? I hope that you have a brilliant day. But let me challenge you, if you're, not, if you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, know, know that you can't sit on the fence when it comes to the gospel. Even on Christmas Day, Jesus is going to visit this world again, his first coming points us to his second coming. He's coming back to judge everyone who has ever lived. And you need to make proper preparations for that day. The, the thing about going to Jesus is that you actually have to go empty-handed. Coming to Jesus, you have to, to go empty-handed. It's not that you bring him your gifts, give him your stuff, do things for him, and he'll accept you. It's that you go to him empty-handed and say, Lord, I, I need you more than anything else. Christmas Day won't be complete for you unless you trust in Jesus. So can I challenge you again this morning? If you don't know him, you need to come to know him. And when you come to know him, what you'll find and come to know is the greatest and deepest joy that a man, a woman, a boy or a girl can ever know. And I hope that you know that joy this Christmas. Let's pray together for a moment. Father, we thank you for this well-known story of the wise men visiting the Lord Jesus. We thank you that it reminds us that you have taken the initiative with us. You've sent Jesus into our world because of our sin. And we thank you that when we come to trust in Jesus, you, you call us to worship him and you provide us with deep and lasting joy. We pray that we would know that joy this Christmas and we pray that you would speak to those who haven't yet trusted in the Savior, that they might come to trust in him for the very first time. We pray that you'd help us to have a really enjoyable Christmas as we spend time with our families and friends. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.